You're now listening to the I Got Fired Last Week podcast, where we discuss the challenges and opportunities around being out of work. If you're feeling lost, overwhelmed, uninformed, or simply uninspired, there's something here for you. I'm your host, Sam Eremarin, and along with my guests, we're here to walk on this journey together. Stay tuned. Day one. Day one. Day one, right? I've, I've just come out of a meeting mm-hmm. with HR mm-hmm. and my manager, mm-hmm. and they've just said to me, Sam, thank you. You know, we really appreciate what you've done in this organization. We've decided as an organization that we no longer, um, or that your role, because they never say you, they say, Mm. you know, your role is no longer. What do I do? Mm. What do I do? Here's what I did, just to give some context. The first thing is that I lamented. Mm -hmm. I was deeply sad, Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm. For, like, I left that conversation, I told my wife, and I was just, like, I picked up my son, and I was like, what in the entire world? Mm. Um, and the reason why is because, of course, you suddenly go into a mode of, what about this? What about this? What yeah. about this? What? And it, it kind of floods towards you. Um, this was my second redundancy. Mm. Um, the first one I didn't think was fair. And also the first one um, was a bit chaotic. It was a, a, startup, it was a startup. So it was quite am- ambiguous as to what mm. my role was and the kind mm. of things they wanted to do for me or they wanted me to do for them. Mm. And um, this second one, I took it a bit better, but it was still sad. Mm. Is there a way to do it? Like, what mm. what happens on day one? Like, so I've had that conversation. What now? What do I do? Yeah. Listen, what happens on day one? I I mean, I'm a crybaby, so I definitely cried. Like, and I think there's no right answer to it. Like, the most, I would say the most, you know, HR answer would be, or the most professional answer would be, go look at your policies and and find out what it is that you are actually entitled to, you know, and make sure you come back to that conversation ready. Because the first conversation, you do not know what you're talking about. Mm. So you are on the back foot. Like you, you're there hitting you unawares. Your next conversation, you have to go in there ready. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, that's the, I guess, the professional answer to give. I think how an individual deals with it is completely on a case-to-case basis but I do think after you lament after you cry after you do all of the things after you pray after you scream after you cuss after you swear after you do whatever it is that you that you uh, feel like you need to do as a release because I think releasing is really really important yeah. you then have to put your practical hat on and this is where you remove the emotions from the situation because mm. now you have to think about okay cool this is what they are saying to me because they they have no emotions when they're saying it to me so this is what they're saying to me now i need to make sure that i am ready for that next meeting so i am i am going in there saying okay every question i have to ask such as whatever the questions would be because i think most of the times i was i would tell people have questions prepared in case they don't say certain things that they're, they're supposed to say so find out what they are supposed to say so for example like you know other opportunities um why your role has been made redundant as well because i've heard some cases where people have not been told why and you're supposed to be told why um so go in there with a list of questions you're ready to ask and go in there knowing that you do not have to give a single answer at that moment okay you know, you do not have to say to them, yes, I will do that. Or no, I won't do that. Or you don't have to, because you have to be, a, you have to also know that whatever happens, you are getting the best that you can get from this situation. Mm. Um, And if you do feel like there is some, some non-truths there, if you do feel like, you know, 
this is personal. So, for example, you've been put on a performance review plan and then all of a sudden your role, been, your role is, you know, made redundant, get legal advice. Because in those situations, it may be that actually it is personal. And then if you get legal advice, the company then will have to do all that they can to prove that that's not the case. I hear... I hear the case of legal advice Mm. and my first thought is Mm. I'm about to lose my job and my income source Mm. and what you're asking me to do is to spend money Mm. (laughs) that I don't know that I have or that I'm going to have on speaking to a solicitor who's potentially going to bamboozle me with a whole bunch of legalese. So I think the first place to go to is Citizens Advice Bureau. Okay. That's one thing we do have in this country. If you work for an organisation as a union, so if you if you're a civil servant or you work for a, any organization that has a, has a union, you go to your union first. I always say this to people: if you're a civil servant, please join the union. Um, that fifteen pounds you, you pay, uh, I think you pay less if you are come back from tenancy if you're working part time a month is nothing in comparison to the support that they give to you should you ever find yourself in this situation, mm. because then your union basically becomes your lawyer they can actually even get you that legal legal support so you don't have to think of it, right? So this is to my non-corporate people who ha- who have the luxury <laughs> of being able to sign up to a union. I, I say do it. Um, but for those of you who are in corporate, absolutely, um, yeah, you need to, to speak to, to this uh, advice bureau. And for some people who do things like income, income um, insurance, what is it called again? Uh, when they privately uh, insure their income. Oh, um, life insurance and income protection. Income protection, right? Um, you can speak to, to, the, to your broker yeah. um, and find out what support they can give to you because some of them have the additional support in there as well. Can I cut you for one second? Yeah, go on. This got to me. I pay for income protection. Mm. My provider doesn't pay out for redundancy but there are providers who do pay out mm. for redundancy. And I didn't realize that mm. for two reasons. One, because no one really kind of goes into it with the yeah, expectation yeah, yeah, of redundancy. Yeah. But I would definitely say that to anyone listening, there are actually income protection mm. that offer you, if you get made redundant, yeah. they will support you until you get another job. Yeah. Or for 12 months. I for did not realize months, that. Yeah. They will pay you your salary or mm. like a certain amount that you can agree from mm-hmm. the beginning of the policy. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I was unaware. So this is why I say no experience is wasted because obviously God forbid that happens again. But now you know. Because you don't know what to look for until you know what to look for. Facts. And that's just the honest truth. Like nobody goes into a job thinking, oh, I'm... I might be made Just redundant. in case I get made redundant. Like, nobody <laughs> thinks that because clearly when you were hiring me and you're paying me these big bucks, my role was needed. Facts. Like, so you can't even imagine thinking that, oh, for what I do or where I am, that in the next few years, my role will be made redundant. You just don't think that. But I think these are the things, and that's why I love your podcast and what you're doing. I think people should listen to this not out of fear that one day I may be getting made redundant, but out of preparation because you anything you do, for example, when I bought my car, I never in a million years thought about getting gap insurance until the guy said, no one wakes up thinking that a car's going to be stolen. And I hope that never happens to you. However, if it is, you still have to keep paying us. Facts. And so for that reason, get that insurance. And I think you have to see these things as uh, insurance. So when you are signing, getting a new job, like let's not even go into the whole income protection because 
Some people don't even know what that is, don't even know how to go by it, don't want to pay for it, right? Sure. Let's put that to the side. When you are starting a, starting a new job, find out if they do have these policies, like a redundancy policy. Because you want to know that if anything sh- does happen or things go down, that I will be compensated well. If somebody was, if someone starts a new organisation and phones up HR and says, do you have a red... Does that don't rub badly HR. in the... Like, you phone HR and you find out where all my policies. That's so sick. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm in my first week. Just yeah, FYI, yeah. I just want to know like if you decide that I you don't want me. Yeah, no, just like, you know, I, you know, I love to find out more about the organisation. You know, more about the policies that you have. Sure. Is there a place on the internet that has all of the policies? Most of the companies have it. You then search in that thing. You know, redundancy. Yeah. You search it, and you go and read to see what they have. That's good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Because I think that sometimes we're so excited to accept the job. Oh, absolutely. That we're just like, sign here, sign. Absolutely. You know, docu sign, write my name, done. But mm. And then there's only afterwards that you're like, huh, wait, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned something which I found really interesting and I want to explore it. Yeah. Um, I know you're a busy lady, so I'm very <laughs> conscious of time. Um, things that you can do. Mm between being made redundant to now. Now, I know you spoke about, um, and this is when you were speaking about L&D coming Mm. in and sort of the courses. And it's something that kind of crossed my mind. I was thinking, a person gets made redundant and Mm. suddenly goes into, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, they'll be applying for new jobs, et cetera. Mm. Um, I have my ideas, my Mm. thoughts. Your HR, maybe Mm. not necessarily recruitment, Mm -hmm. but you know what, it looks for a person to come into an organization. Yeah. What things are they doing between the time that they've mm-hmm. been made redundant, mm-hmm. fired, etc., and the time that they're interviewing? What are you trying to hear mm-hmm. from a person? Like mm-hmm. how they utilize their time? Yeah. So one of the biggest red flags for any recruiter positioning a role to any hiring manager is a gap in your CV. It doesn't matter if the gap is new or old. What they want to see is that within that gap, what did they do? And what you can't can't display is that you did nothing. Because what they see that gap has is that in that time, how are you utilising your brain cells? Like, it just sounds silly, but that's exactly how it is. Like, what are you doing? Like, because especially depending on the industry that you're in, things are evolving. And, you know, commercial awareness or all of those kind of things there, the company is always going to be thinking of that. Of, of that. So if I'm being honest with, you, honest with you, between the time someone is made redundant up until the time that they are hired again, you need to fill your CV with stuff, even if it's not employed, um, um, even if it's not um, paid, paid employment. employment. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, you know, we see that, I love and I, I did it when I was made redundant is um I took a career break. <laughs> Does that just mean <laughs> And in that career break I volunteered, which was true. Okay. I, I volunteered. I did a couple of courses. Sure. Um which I'm gonna get, get into in a second. Did a couple of courses. Um but then also I freelanced. And I think that, you know, people underestimate how much actually organizations love a freelancer. They love the the mindset of a freelancer. They love that, you know, you've, you've freelance with different organizations that could be like theirs or could be completely different to theirs. Um, and you're bringing in all of that wealth of knowledge and mm. it's just the language that you use. And the reason why I bring up the thing of the courses is that I was broke. I did not have money to be doing all of these various courses. But the good thing is now is because there's, there's such, there's this massive monopoly of the market. There's everyone is running courses that actually the quality of the course when you're break doesn't actually matter when you are 
in between, you know, jobs. If you find a company that is doing the course you're doing and have a free trial for six months mm. and you know that it's not really going to be classroom led, it's going to be a computer teaching you, it's still going to end you with a qualification at the end of it. Yeah. If you cannot afford to get to do a course because you have bills to pay and you, you don't know when your next bill is coming, mm. there are free courses that you can even find in November. Mm. You know, you can literally type in free courses, you know, specify what kind of course you want to do, foundation courses. Um, but then if you want to be really smart about it, what were the gaps in your particular area of work that you were missing? Yeah. So, for example, in HR, there's a CIPD, you know, there's different levels to it. Um, you know, it's expensive, but there are certain modules within there that you can do, right? That means that once you do it, depending on the provider and stuff, even if it was relatively cheap, when you do then go on to do it, do it, maybe your company will sponsor you when you get a new job, mm. you no longer have to do that module, nice. you know? So there's things like that where you can really... um really use that time away to buffer your CV. So putting in a six month career break can actually work in your favor, does work in your favor more than just leaving a gap and then just put a couple of bullet points, like a couple of bullet points of what you did yeah. in that break. And I guarantee you they're going to ask you questions about that break. They may even ask you more questions about that break than your last employment. And that's just because they want to really know like, what did you do? Because we're not going to take this risk on you if you've been out of work for six months. So in that six months, mm. what were you doing? Um, and when we, sorry, when you're speaking about some of those online courses, we're talking LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn Learning. Um, mm -hmm. Coursera. Mm -hmm. uh, Read. Yep. Um, the Total Jobs. Skillshare. Total Jobs. Yeah. So like, because one of the things which I did, I literally did free courses online mm. and they've listed them, Khan mm -hmm. Academy, all mm -hmm. of these things, you know, Samuel Leeds has a one pound property course. Yeah, I was just yeah, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> at this <Why> stage, <laughs> like, at this stage, I'll do listen, it's so interesting that you said that they don't necessarily, maybe not care, but mm. as in, they're more concerned at the fact that you've done something Absolutely. than they are about what you've actually done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the way, and I think, it, when it comes between you and another candidate, right? Sometimes it's so hard to choose and that could be the thing that lays you down. Depending on who it is that's hiring for that role. Some people may see it and they'd be like, oh, I want to give this person a shot. Some other people would be like, well, they've just they've just come out of Goldman Sachs, for example, or whatever the organisation may be. They've just come out of this, this amazing organisation, so I'm going to go with them as opposed to the person who hasn't worked for six months. But the person who hasn't worked for six months has managed to display on their CV with a couple of bullet points, but more so in their interview, of how those six months have actually made them more of an asset yeah. than... You know, that that is beneficial. But I think a lot of people do let themselves down because they are so afraid. The more time that goes with them not working is the you know, is I guess the more fear that they build build up. Yeah, the less confident they are. The less confident they are. And I think there are so many more opportunities in the world. Like like I said, I freelanced. I found come I found charities who, you know, I, I do a lot, used to do a lot of policy writing. So I found charities that needed people to do their policies but they couldn't afford to have someone full time so I would charge charge a certain amount. I used to work for a company years ago that I mean, used to write bids and um, to get money for like to run certain projects. So I would write 
grant applications on a no-win, no-fee basis. And then when I went into interviews, I said, I've got great negotiation skills. You know, I've got great writing skills. Every time I talk to you, (laughs) I'm like, am I even doing anything in this life? Nah, do you know what's so funny? That's such a good idea. Yeah, I wish I I still did that. Now, to be fair, it's something I'm trying to get back into because, and it's because of living. Mm. But also, it does help your brain cells because chat GDP will literally make you feel like you can't write anymore. It will make you feel like you can't. Um, a lot of companies are even banning it at work now. I don't blame them. Yeah, I know that they can't um, even access it. They're writing okay. software that will allow universities to be able to see where yep. essays have been written. Yeah, because someone is saying, "Write me a five thousand word Absolutely. essay on this thing," Absolutely. and it's going done, and they're going to submit. And then in ten years' time, we're going to hire those people and be like, "What did you even learn? <laughs> like, what do you even know?" You know. That being said, though, yeah. there is a part of me that thinks that many jobs can be done by Google. Oh, like yeah. you know it's like you see the person behind it there mm, I was speaking it. to a friend um, a friend we, we both know and um, he was like yeah I went for an interview and they were like display that you can do that what would you do in that situation he said I go on Google I don't know what you want me to do there's, there, there's whole forums mm. you know what I mean <laughs> like, I'm not the first person to not answer mm. this question yeah. I'd go on Google I'd find a problem mm-hmm. I'd find a solution mm-hmm. and I'd implement the solution mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work Go to page two, mm-hmm. and I was. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was like, "Are we getting to a stage when that's really the the standard mm-hmm. now that many of our jobs and and unfortunately, I I think especially in this season where you just did mention cost of living, mm-hmm. I am seeing that people are like, "Yo, many more people are getting made redundant." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many more jobs are kind of going up. I'm seeing job boards that used to have fifty thousand mm-hmm. suddenly have twenty thousand, mm-hmm. twenty thousand suddenly have ten thousand. Yeah. They're not employing as much. I'm even seeing some organizations who are paying more. Mm. But if you're discerning, you'll see they've just merged two jobs. Yeah. I mean, so is the the 10K rise of the, yeah, but this job pays a lot. It does because they're expecting 50K worth of work to fit into that. Yeah. Which I find really I mean, long term, that doesn't work. Yeah. And what you find is that companies who do end up merging roles, then go out to hire someone else because burnout is real. Thanks. And we live in a time where I promise you that people are not going to just sit there and do it. That's yeah. just the truth. You know, the generations are changing. I always say that. We're probably the most willing generation. You know, we were the, we're the generation that we had access to the internet, but we also understand that, you know, someone's paying us so we have to do the work. Yeah. You know, the generation that comes after us, they're very much like, what can you do for me? You know, how is my mental health and my well-being being challenged they will be the ones to ask you about agile working and they mean it because <laughs> they're not coming into the office every single day Facts. and more so not only they're not coming off to, uh, every single day they're going to ask you do you have well-being days companies are not implementing well-being days because they now realize that their new cohort of people coming to the workplace value well-being days they want those days where they can you know I it's funny. I love it. It's funny because the old, my old head yeah. is like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my new head is, I hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there has been a shift. And um, there's a there's a person who I've been connecting with, really good guy. He's got, um, he's just started a podcast and his Instagram is the corporate escapologist. Mm. And I think that there is that. this shift oh, away mean. from, yeah. listen, corporate firm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you believe that you have the power. Yeah. I'm no longer going to, like, I'm going into the interviews and they're being like, do you have any questions? So here's my laundry list of the things. Oh, that, I'm going to interview you now, sir. Yeah, no, and I was saying this, I was saying this, I was having a meeting a couple of weeks ago and one of the manager, um, hiring managers was like, I've never received so many questions. I said, oh, how old are they? 
And I was like, oh, okay, watch. You're going you're gonna to get a lot more questions. And the questions... <laughs> They're going to send an email as a follow-up. And you need to be prepared because they were coming to me like, what do I say? You know, like, can I say this? But we're creating documents helping people how to answer those questions. And the questions you'll never think someone will answer in an interview because the face of the employee is changing. Mm. So even though there are a lot of jobs that you can do on Google or whatnot, you still need human beings. Right. And human beings age. And when human beings age, it means that the ones who are, you know, within that workforce age, the favourable workforce age, um, are the ones who are going to be the, your new majority. And they've learned from the mistakes of their and parents. And they've learned from the mistakes of their parents. Mm. You know, and they've learned from the mistakes of their parents, but also their peers are, are telling them, you know, or they even listen to podcasts like this and be like, what? Now that can never happen to me. And they've patterned themselves to the point where they're like, at any given point, three recruiters have my name. So <laughs> like, so we could have never. No, as in never. We could have never. We came out of uni like, please Listen, employ me. Understand something here. And this is what I tell you. And I don't think people understand that. If your company has an internal um, uh, recruitment or resourcing team, right? And you have your name with multiple recruiters, your company now. Because the world of recruitment is small. So they know. Mm. They know that whole, oh, you know, their database is their database you know gdpr all of that stuff oh they know because someone's friend in another recruitment firm has said oh yeah i saw someone from your company mm -hmm. here they won't give a name but they'll give a department and they'll they'll give a department in a way that it's kind of like there can only be four people <laughs> <laughs> i know who and, is and i know who it is you know and so that's how i say but the thing is it's got to the point now where companies are not penalizing people for that because it's become the norm yeah it's become the norm for you to be on the database because any point people are like I'm not going to be the one that eat well before you've even said redundant I've already got another job coming yeah you know um, and so yeah <laughs> I feel like this is going to be healing for so many people mm. because what it's doing is is empowering people yeah to kind of take their authority back yeah absolutely you know I tell people that listen how many of your how many of your organisations when you were doing all nights in mm. your computer room how mm. many of them sat next to you did yeah. they help you fill out the answers yeah. did they no no like you did, did that. that you did that so now the shift in the world is moving to one in which people are like no listen organisation you're going to fit into my life yeah, I'm not okay. going to fit my life into your corporate structure absolutely where you feel you and they'll quietly quit mm -hmm. you know oh. they'll, Sarah they'll quit and go home and live in their parents house mm -hmm. and you'll ask them oh you quit your job like we're of a generation, don't quit a job until you get a new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in a generation, I quit. Where are you mm. going to go? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> but I'll make it work. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it the out. The right yeah. person will want my skill set. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, until then, I'll sell t-shirts. Like, they, they, as in, they, they're on energy, vibes. I love it. Um, Sarah, unfortunately... I can't keep you here all day. See, this is the issue. When I bring my friends in, yeah. I can have a conversation with a friend. Yeah. Because yeah. you haven't touched any of this water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't touched it. It's just they're sitting there. Literally. Listen, if there's an endorsement deal coming from, Listen. then we'll do it. It's Product placement. Um, what do you want people to leave with? I think, do you know what? Just speaking to you, it, it kind of took me back to the place of where how I felt when I was, you know, when I was made redundant. I think the first thing that I would say is that it's not a reflection of who you are or what you are or, or are unable to do. 
it's important when you are made redundant or if you have been made redundant to be reflective and be honest with yourself. Like, was there something you could have done better? But even so, just know that nine times out of 10, that's not the reason why you lost your job. Um, It's because the company cares about Mm. the company. Um, The second thing I'll say is that, you know, don't be a passive person. You have to, in anything you do, not even just in the world of work, you've got to know what you are entitled to because you don't want anyone, A, to take advantage of you, but B, especially if you are from the black community, (laughs) you can't say because I didn't have anyone else in my family in the corporate world or who does anything like me and that's why I didn't know I was supposed to get X or I didn't know what I was supposed to get Y. It has to get to a point where you are actively finding out what rights you have. You are actively doing the work. Um, And when you have kids, then they will see that from you, but you don't have that, you do not have that example. So you are going to have to work a little bit harder. Um, But I say that because a lot of people now maybe listening to this are thinking, wow, that wasn't a redundancy. That was an unfair dismissal. Um, And I, I could have got something from that. I guarantee you that your colleague Karen got a massive payout because they were dismissed unfairly. And it was branded as a as a redundancy. Um, and so just know that as much as, you know, you have someone in HR who is supposed to be there to support you. Um, and like I said, that that's genuinely the role that they're supposed to have. They also have the, 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 they're there to do what's best for you and also there to do what's best for the company, which means a middle ground. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the middle ground does not work in your favour. So in those in those instances, in those cases, you know, go to the Citizen Advice Bureau, speak to someone else. If your gut feeling is that something is off, mm. don't ignore it. If you're in an organisation as a union, you know, do that. Um, but yeah, I think those are not my, my most practical things to say. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. That's so amazing. I think the only thing that I'll add to that, which I wouldn't want anybody to forget is Sarah also mentioned the fact that you can do courses. Yes. You can do free courses. You can can do paid courses. Don't squander that time. Mm. I think there is a balance. Take some of that time to heal. Mm -hmm. Take some of that time, Sarah said, to release, Mm. to rant, to Mm. shout, to, to get it all out. But once that's done, there is a part of you that needs to stop feeling sorry for yourself and actually say, okay, cool. Here's where I am. Mm. Now let me do the work that will take me to what my next level is because I will never allow, here's what I said, I will never ever allow another person to make Mm, me feel feel. like the work that I'm producing for them is redundant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's powerful. You know? That is powerful. And it's good for you. Like, you feel a lot more confident when you know your mind has not been idle. Yeah. You know? Um, but I love that. Like, you never allow someone, you should write that down, never allow someone to make you feel like the work you do for them is redundant. Just copyright that. I will. <laughs> Sarah, you are an amazing individual. Thank you um, so much for having me. I'm so grateful that I got you in for number 10. This was special. I knew it was going to be. Um, it always is when you sit down with friends. Yeah. Um, I have to say to everyone, unfortunately, the microphone's going to turn off and I get to speak to my friend more. So <laughs> so I apologize that you don't get this wisdom. I mean, listen, I might do a whole little Patreon sign up <laughs> thing where you get to see the conversations that happen after the conversations. Yeah, but, um, okay. Sarah, thank you. 
Thank you for having um, me. Thank you for honoring us with your time, but also with your wisdom and your expertise. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be healing for people who just aren't privy mm. to the other side. Like mm. I was able to call you. We've had conversations. So mm -hmm. I was able to call you. I actually have a friend in HR yeah. who's able to say, okay, Sam, it could be this, it could be mm. this, it could be this. Mm -hmm. And that allowed it to be a bit more measured for me. Yeah. Whereas somebody else who was just told you've been made redundant with no reason, with mm. nothing, who don't, who don't necessarily know their rights. Mm they may not necessarily be in as privileged as yeah. a position. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience with us. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this. This was food for my soul. I hope it was for you. Um, to my fired fam, um, this is episode 10. Let me know what you think about it. Um, I may bring guests on more, but I'm going to be a bit more selective. You know what I mean, Sarah was someone special, so I had to make sure that, you know, <laughs> When Sarah and I spoke about it, it was just, it wasn't easy. It's you. Mm. Um, anybody who I bring on here is someone who I want to bring value to you as a community. So thank you. I appreciate your time. This is a long one, but I'm sure you're going to love listening to this. Share it with a friend. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Samuel.Ire, but also at I Got Fired Last Week. Sarah, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Sarah Alonga underscore. Um, and SarahLonga.com is my website. And I know there's nothing really on there. There's some stuff on there. Um, and then uh, my podcast page is ATM Pod. ATM Pod. Yeah. Amazing. Sarah, I appreciate you. And we'll speak soon. Thank you.